To Be Continued is an adult podcast for adults by adults. We may talk about superheroes, sci-fi, comic books, and all sorts of similar crap like that, but we may use adult and frank language when we do so. This is not a podcast for kids, brothers and sisters. And we are back. Welcome to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast covering your fanboy passions. You're not going to learn anything, but if you stick around, you just might have some fun. We are flying today. Uh, so it's a two-man aircraft. Uh, again, uh, it is, uh, I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez, your host, and uh, joining us, as always, is the producer with the most yes, Jonathan Vergara, Pancake Thank Studios. You. Thank you very much. It's nice to be here. <laughs> Uh, Ed is uh, off again this uh, for this episode. He is on vacation in the wilds of Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Uh, I, uh, I assume he's like having a fight with an Amish guy. Uh, we, uh, we, we got a, a full show today. We will be uh, running down all of the uh, a bunch of headlines we got. Uh, we've got uh, 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 spotlight reviews uh, for King Kong, uh, Skull Island, Ghost in the Shell. We'll be talking about Legion. Uh, we have a lot of stuff going on there. Of course, uh, the big thing this weekend, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, is uh, Star Wars Celebration. And uh, a lot Ooh. of news coming out like that. <laughs> uh, uh, we have uh, uh, trailers. Go- Whoa. Whoa. Wait a minute. What? What? Well, what was that? No way, dude. We got a uh, we got someone on the line. I think you're gonna like this. Who? Who? Uh, uh, L- let me just punch him in. Punch him in. Okay. Uh, hello. You are on to be continued a fanboy podcast. Who do we got? <laughs> what the hell is this? Uh, who? Who is? Who? Who's this? Harrison Ford. What the hell are you? Harrison Ford. What? Han Solo himself. Holy. How, oh, had, oh, how did uh, he call? You're him? not my. You're not publicist. <laughs> no, uh, no. I, how did you get this number, Harrison? How did you get this number? I, you called us. <laughs> Where the hell is Jim? Harrison, it's 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 a Star Wars wow. celebration weekend, and apparently early in the morning on a on a a, 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 a Friday in the AM, ten like. What is this point? anyway? What the hell uh, are this, you? This is a to be continued a fanboy <laughs> podcast. Uh, we uh, you know we cover uh, science fiction, we cover uh, movies, uh, huge comic fan. books, huge and we fan. are huge. We are huge fans. This is this is such an honor, Harrison, uh, Mr. Ford. If I if I if I if I'm call you that, it's not even nine in the morning here. I, uh, I, uh, well, you know we we have this is an incredible like chance. Uh, uh, what's going on at Star Wars Celebration, Mr. Ford? What you know? What are we? Uh, uh, what are you doing? You know what? What, what did yeah, you do yeah, last I, night? You, you you appeared at the the big 40th anniversary panel. I mean, how how was that? I mean, this is just amazing. A little bit of too much fuzzy navels. Look, listen, I uh, F- fuzzy navels. I like who did you, who did you go out drinking with? Listen, all right, I'm fine. I was with George, Stephen. Listen, what the hell's a podcast anyway? Uh, listen, uh, is this about that time I crashed into the farm? Uh, oh, I, are you having a? Are Sounds you like having parties going on at are, nine a.m. over there? Are you? Let's, yeah, yeah. I guess it never listen, ends. Guys, I'm gonna, I'm gonna let you go. All right, I like. No, I wait, no, no. Come on, tell us more. Tell, uh, are you wait farm? I mean, you crash in a farm. Are you, are you having witness flashbacks, Mister Ford? 
Listen, it was about that time where I don't want to talk about it. Where you were costed by Danny Glover? It wasn't my fault. (laughs) It wasn't my fault. Are you pointing right now as you're doing that? I hope you're pointing. I am pointing right now. I had I had a feeling you would be pointing. Um, uh, uh, is have you ever heard this show before that you've calling in out of the out of the blue? What is this again? It's to be continued a fanboy podcast. It's uh, the host. I'm the host, Miguel. Fanboy. So, it's you assholes at the conventions. <laughs> wow, that's you're that's, talking about your fan base. <laughs> you, they, you know, I think they've. I, I I don't. Well, you know, Harrison is he's he's a little he's a little prickly about these. Listen, I, I gotta go. Right, I I've gotta go right now. I'll just call my agent about this. Okay. Okay. Harrison Ford calling in on to be continued a fanboy podcast. I wish Ed were here. It not it a shame that Ed was not here to experience that call yeah. from Harrison Ford? It's odd. Yeah. It's very strange. Uh but as as I said, we got we got a full we got a full program for everyone here, uh, even without Edward Ng. Who is on vacation in Lancaster, PA? Uh, surprise! Lancaster, PA, also the home of the Amish. Who? There's your witness connection right there. That's witness, which starred Harrison Ford, wow. hiding among the Amish. I didn't know that. Where he was accosted by Danny Glover. Really? In the Amish farm? Like? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a. Uh, <laughs> you don't know the t- Amish can be tough. They're rough. Were they churning uh, butter? They. Uh, that's how they get you. It's not violence. They don't enact violence. It's really more about. Uh, you know, um, cholesterol. <laughs> it's okay. really about cholesterol. They get you in the long run. It's, 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 it's right, 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 right. right. Uh, <laughs> this is what they call a slow kill. It's a slow kill, exactly. Uh-huh. Amish assassins. Mm-hmm. I mean, it'll it'll take a good fifty years, but they will get the job done. But it'll get done. It'll get done, and and quilts. <clears throat> and then at the autopsy, they open you up. Exactly. Like, There's no proof. The Amish. It's like, oh, oh, never mind. <laughs> there is exactly. No they don't know. It's like it's like uh, this is another Amish job, right? Probably. You know, uh, this is fine Amish butter in this vein. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> see now, see now, I'm thinking of Lancaster CSI. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> these things write themselves. These things write themselves. Yes, <laughs> Any- I like that Amish uh, Amish assassins. Nice. Amish assassins. Uh, we nice. definitely we did we did we didn't we did we do uh, we did Kung Fu Quakers. Which Kung Fu kinda, Quakers. So maybe yeah. Amish assassins <laughs> is the follow up to Kung Fu Quakers. Exactly. And I bet you that show will be better than Iron Fist. Oh! Dropson's got to get another Iron Fist slam in there. Bam. Okay, well, uh, as I said, today's show, we're going to be... There's a lot to run down uh, in the time from our last show, which was Iron Fist. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're gonna, you know, try and try and get through it as, as fast as we can. Uh, like I said, it's just me and John here. Uh, but uh, I always, I always, I enjoy it because uh, John comes with uh, comes to this with a perspective that isn't necessarily as like deep into this as myself or Ed or some of our guests are. Mm-hmm. And it, you know, as uh, as uh, uh, like to say, innocence, innocence. Right, right. You know, he comes with it like you know, not with any preconceived notions. Uh, and you know, maybe ask those questions that I even I'm like going like, yeah, why why is that? It was like you know that's a that's a good point. And, and sometimes he just I'm doesn't your, know what that I'm was. I'm your gateway about. to millennials. Quick <laughs> gateway to. Millennials. I'm your yeah yeah I'm your uh, yeah. It's hard to think about millennials these days, and like I've known you for so long, John, and like you're not a kid anymore. 
Like, yeah. I, it used to be like millennials, the, the youth, and it's like uh, I'm the, actually not so young. Yeah, the millennials are they're 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 you know they're not that far. They're they're stones throw from thirty these days. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway, <clears throat> uh, lots of stuff to cover, and this is where, as always, we will hear our in the news jingle, which you'll hear right now. Bling. You are listening to In the News on TBC, a fanboy podcast. All right, that was our In the News jingle. A lot of stuff to get to today. In the time between our Iron Fist show and now, a lot of stuff has dropped. I think the first one, probably the biggest one this week, is that uh, four days ago, Marvel dropped their... Thor, third Thor film, Thor Ragnarok trailer, which, have you seen it, John? No, no. But I heard a lot about it, and I want to see it. And you want to see it. I want to see it. We're going to take a very short break (laughs) and come back, and and John's going to see it. Okay, so John just finished watching it. He He hadn't seen it. Bravo. (laughs) Bravo. It's, uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. Um, they had wanted to use Immigrant Song going as far back as the trailers for the first Thor movie. But you know how um, protective, like, Jimmy Page is of, mm-hmm. you know, and people beg him. Like, they they used it in a School of Rock, remember, and there was, like, a whole special video that Jack Black did to, like, get Jimmy Page to give them, like, the rights to be able to use it. And uh, I think it was in, like, one of the Shrek sequels they used right. it. But, like, they... And it's a, it, I mean, you know, it's a song about... Vikings, Valhalla. Yeah. <laughs> you know, epic. It's very yeah. epic. It's a great And you it's know, very fitting for Thor. Very fitting for Thor. And I like that the, the way that the, the trailer was constructed. Like, you don't, like, it starts out, you don't really know if it's that it's Immigrant Kong until you see Kate uh, Blanchett as Hela uh, crush uh, Mjolnir, which is Thor's hammer. And then it just, the, the it just, it's, a, it's not even in two minutes. I think it's only like a minute, like 50. Or something, but like it just takes mm-hmm. off and just imagery, imagery, imagery. It's very bright, very, um, very action orientated. It's it seems to be as as a film. And mm-hmm. then the director Taika uh, Waititi, who from um, people know him from um, Things We Do in the Dark, is a vampire movie, and uh, 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 Search for the Wilder People. I think that's what it's called. Was the last film, and then of course he's worked on uh, Concords. Uh, Fly of the Concords, and so he's you know he they're, he's bringing him as the director is bringing a lot of fun. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very colorful. It seems to be very much in the vein of Guardians of the Galaxies in terms of the design, and that fits because Guardians is of course the cosmic side of the Marvel universe, and you saw in that first film it's very day right, glow, right. Yeah. very um. What, what again? What did you really? What did you think overall? You know your your impressions, John. Um, as just a regular everyday consumer, I want to see it. <laughs> I want to see the movie. I'm excited. It's a there. There should yeah. be some build up in it towards the Infinity War, and and again, it it fills in the gap of, okay, what happened to Thor, uh, and Hulk after uh, Age of yeah. Ultron? You know, cause Thor Thor goes off, and then Hulk, we don't really know what his fate is. So obviously, the and you know, it's looks like a lot of fun. I'm very excited. I'm a real big fan of Thor, uh, from the comics. I adore the first Thor movie. I was severely disappointed with the second Thor film. I, I they did not um, 
they didn't know what they were doing. It's a lot of lame comedy. It overshadows a lot of the other aspects. The villains aren't really well developed. It's got a great cast, but I don't think anything is really done. This looks like, I mean, Jeff Goldblum as the Grandmaster. Yeah. You don't know who that character is, but he's a he's a he's a cosmic character. No, that's the funny thing during the uh, during the preview. I see Jeff Goldblum, and I'm like, oh, he's in this. Cool. <laughs> Jeff Jeff Goldblum, Kate Blanchett as Hella. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are getting the return of Tom Hiddleston as Loki. We're going to get uh, the return of uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins as Odin. Mm. Uh, Tessa Thompson has been added as a character from the comic books called uh, Valkyrie. She's another. Uh, as guardian character, she's a Valkyrie. I don't know exactly what they're doing. Interesting on that because it's race bending. Because in the comics, Valkyrie is what you would expect from a Norse mythology. Norse, she's this yeah. tall Nordic, blonde-haired, blue-eyed, you know, Amazonian type. Mm-hmm. And uh, they're bringing in Tessa Thompson, who of uh, late of uh, 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 Westworld, and uh, of course. Uh, her big breakthrough was Creed. Right, right, right. Uh, and great actress. Are they gonna do? Are they going to interview some like tall white people and like are you like are you upset about this? Uh, there were people who was upset at, from the first Thor film that Idris Elba was cast as Hamdel, Hamdel, um, because he's like oh you can't have a white you know you can't have a white god played by portrayed by a black man and it's like they're not first of all none of the gods are real that's number one. <laughs> Number two, this is based on the comic books, which is already bat as crazy as compared to the mythology. Mm-hmm. Anyway, it's not following it all that closely. So, you know, Thor in the mythology is red haired and all it's all yeah, this yeah, it's yeah. nonsense stuff. But yeah. uh it's very excited because this this it I was looking for a Ragnarok film that probably might have been a little more subdued. It's called Ragnarok, so like my expectations were Oh, it's going to be a little darker. It's going to be a little grittier as compared to Thor: The Dark World. This they just seem to be like, let's just turn the fun up to eleven, and it's not what I wanted. Yeah, yeah. but well, damn if it don't look good. <laughs> well, the funny thing is, since I read a little bit of the comics, you know, I know Wolverine's first appearance is with the Hulk, right? And part of me, you know, I know given you know who has the rights to which character and blah blah blah, I knew Wolverine really couldn't have the Hulk in this last movie, Old Man Logan. But I did want to see an epic superhero uh, Hulk fight. And I'm going to get it with Thor. Yeah, he's the the perfect character because there's always been a bit of um, a rivalry with those characters in the Mm -hmm. comics. Uh, Thor's kind of taken it a bit on the chin over the years, I think because it's it's especially... It's like with Superman and Flash for the longest time when during the Silver Age, Superman was like... You know, light speed, fast. He could travel through time on his own powers, and I was like, "Who's faster, oh, yeah, Flash you could or circle Superman?" Circle around the Earth and turn back <laughs> exactly time. that kind yeah, of yeah, stuff. Yeah. It's Silver Age nonsense. Uh, but you know, and he had the ability not to laugh at any Richard Pryor jokes. This is which is that's well, in a that feat. movie, that's it's pretty easy. Oh, okay. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, you know, there's this. They eventually it became like, look, speed is Flash's thing. Yeah. So he has to be faster than the, you know. The, yeah. that's, let's let's not make Superman the best at everything, and that's understandable. I I, I have no I don't make huge Superman fan, but it's like yeah, Flash is speed. It's a He's specialty. The, it's one. a specialty. He has exactly. one thing. Exactly. So what does the Hulk got? The Hulk is strong. Mm-hmm. So of course there's this there's been this sort of like well who's stronger Thor or Hulk? And they've kind of given Hulk the edge, but you know Thor's a more versatile character. He has more powers. He's yeah. more powerful in the sense that he has he can do more things, yeah. especially once you get the hammer involved. Thunder, and, weather, exactly yeah. all that kind of stuff. Uh, so I'm I'm super excited. Uh, another trailer uh, dropped 
which was the trailer for uh, the new season of Game of Thrones, which uh, I don't know. Have you seen that one yet? No, I haven't. Uh, John, John, John. Are we going to have to do another pause? I think we're going to have to pause here for John to see the Game of Thrones uh, trailer. <laughs> so we're going to take a quick pause and we'll get uh, John's immediate reaction to that. So we just finished watching the... <laughs> Same, same, same sequence. Same golf clap. <laughs> uh, sorry, I made this bad joke, but I have to repeat it for the for the listeners. Um, was that a Dentine Ice commercial? <laughs> <laughs> I think I. You know, I actually wonder what that means uh, for the show. That little, that, that little, little breath of uh, ice. Yeah, I mean, so you know, it it it's a teaser for for the show, and you know, they're coming back for season seven. And we are not, you know, we're not getting the same amount of episodes, but I, it's a teaser. It wasn't epic or anything, yeah. but it certainly, I liked we're what I, we're back. Yeah, exactly. That's all it is. <laughs> That's all it is. But, but I, but yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it for a couple yeah. of reasons. One, I think it's definitely telling us what the three, three big focuses of the show are going to be. We've got John is now King in the North. Mm-hmm. All right, we see him with the wolf pelt and the full on. Uh, there actually were some other uh, some other stuff that was revealed about like how certain characters are dressed, and you can see uh, Sansa, and she's got the wolf pelt. So you know, and then you, there was even a shot of Arya with an uh, with a a costuming that also looked like it had the wolf pelt. So maybe they finally, you know, the Starks finally get reunited, united houses, you know, and uh, under got- one banner, <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know, the North remembers. We've got um, Daenerys, who um, uh, I didn't you may ch- have bled with William Wallace. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I am not one of you, but I will follow Robin Hood. Uh, uh, you, you've got Daenerys, who is dressed in a certain way, and I think that's supposed to be like traditional, you know, for the show, the Targaryen like uh, maybe colors or or what have you. And you see where she is sitting. Uh, on the on show, the Iron Throne. <laughs> the Iron Throne. Well, she's not actually throw. sitting. She can throw. Oh yeah, yeah. Shout throw, out, yeah. Sh- shout well, out shout to AJ. To AJ. <laughs> uh, uh, she's not on the Iron Throne. Um, on the show, the the Targaryens when they first arrive in Westeros, their first seat was Dragonstone, which was where uh, Stannis Baratheon uh, was based out of his house, and. I think the idea is that we know in the last show, I'm not revealing anything, but spoilers for those who haven't, you know, obviously Stannis uh, has bitten it on the show. In the books, actually, Stannis is still alive, and they haven't even reached this any of those points that we saw on the show yet, if they ever will, because the books are kind of their own thing as compared to the show, and the mm-hmm. show is its own thing compared to the books. Mm-hmm. But, so she's going to, I think that's Dragonstone. I think she's going to land there, and that's going to be her... Um, her rally point for all of her troops and everything it's going to be her landing zone more or less and it's like right outside of King's Landing and as Ed so eloquently put it last year uh, we had the Battle of the Bastards uh, between uh, Jon Snow and his forces and uh, uh, Ramsay Bolton and now we're going to have the Battle of the Bitches I think that it's going to be this you know a a big fight between Daenerys and who's ever left uh, standing with Cersei Mm-hmm. And I think the person who's going to be caught between all that is John, and John also, and John anyway has his own difficulties because his whole thing—the reason he's proclaimed King of the North—and you know now he's getting Winterfell back under his control. So there's that, and he's got to have you know he's got to consolidate gap control. I assume, but he's also the one who knows that the big threat is 
are, is the White Walkers. He's fighting uh, two wars on two fronts. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I, again, that whole uh, Denty Nice commercial thing you're talking about, <laughs> I don't know what that exactly means. Uh, online, I've talked to a couple of people that said, like, it just means that winter is finally come. Winter is going to come as far south I, as King's Landing. I think she's allied with uh, the dead. I don't know. You know, the that's frozen, the thing. I don't know if that's what it will people. be. Uh, there have been some rumors of the, of them of John capturing a a walker and bringing it to the court to present and saying like this the fight the, what are you you two ladies I need more money <laughs> it's just yeah it's all it's all it's I all. need more money for the monarch project <laughs> I have up north uh, but he's um uh <laughs> <John> Goodman, <laughs> oh you're pulling the John Goodman from Kong there all right good callback we'll get into oh, that later. Wow. I th- <laughs> I thought you would have got that immediately. Uh, uh, well, monarchs, it's kings, it's kingdoms, you know. I yeah, right, right. Seven kingdoms. Uh, but you know, uh, is is that a, a is that a suggestion that Cersei dies, and Cersei comes back as a oh, White you Walker? Think that's a, I don't know. You yeah, know, I, I, you know the the, pull, yeah, the pullback from into you know from Cersei into the Where'd eye you? of the Night King. You know, it's it shows that we've got a show with three four sovereigns. The Night King and the Army of the Undead, Jon Snow in the North, Daenerys' forces from Essos, and whatever, whoever is left backing Cersei, because at this point, I have to assume that the, all she had is, like, the crown lands, and that's it, and, you know, everyone else is like, ah, we're not, we're not so sure well, we ever... Uh, she yeah. doesn't have her zealot friends anymore. Exactly. It's a, it's a whole, <laughs> so, you know, who knows where that, where, where that's going. I, I, I enjoyed, uh, I enjoyed it as a teaser. I like the, I, I like the looks, you know, there's some fans online who... In the books, and there have been comic books and other stuff that have been based on Game of Thrones, John, the uh, like production design or the look of things is much more flamboyant. Like the, the descriptions of the armor and even the, you know, the, the the way the people look, it's a lot more like out there. You have like, you know, uh, Robert Baratheon has an armor that has like stag horns on and stag antlers on it that like are you know out by like three or four feet from his from the head and yeah, you know yeah. uh the the targaryens had these dragon encrusted jewel encrusted kind of thing it's, it's much more out there uh but i like the look of what of of everything so and i'm you know after the end of uh season six i'm really excited to see you know where they're at least going with the show whether it follows the books or not i'm I just want to see where where the story goes on on the show. And you made a quick comment too about it by by shortening the episodes. I mean, it's already huge budget. Yeah, it's already a big production, huge budget. But by cutting a couple episodes, you may they may go that far. You, well, they may, yeah, you, you get, may you, see the twenty foot antlers. <laughs> and maybe the, maybe that's what know, it's going know, to. It's know. like it's a, you know CGI for that. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, you know, we know that the dragons have to be that much larger in uh-huh. this, the coming season. They're they're growing. Um, I think they said they're oh they should be the size of like seven forty sevens. Which like I don't know how they could grow that much because right, they right. certainly I don't think they were seven forty seven. Drogo was not Drogon was not seven forty seven sized. You know when she took back uh, Slaver's Bay. Uh, I mean, she he was huge, but I don't think he was 747 size. No, I don't think so. But, uh, you know, that's what allowed the Targaryens to to conquer Westeros in the first place. Right, right, right. Uh, is that, you know, gigantic, like, you know, mystical weapons of mass destruction. Right. Uh, so you're excited, excited for that. Um, we have uh, another another trailer that dropped. Uh, please don't tell are me. Are we going to have to pause are, this are, again? Please don't tell me that you didn't <laughs> see. Did you see the Justice League trailer, John? Uh yes. 
Okay. Yes. All right. All right. But so, that was when it first came out, like a month ago, right? Like a month or two ago? Uh, or is it a new one? New, new, new one. All right. We're going to have to pause here so that John can see the Justice League trailer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we're back. John just finished watching. <laughs> It's the, it's the Golf Clap Network. <laughs> yes. Bravo. Bravo. So Zack Snyder's a trailer for uh, Justice League dropped. Um, a mixture of the white stripes and a cover of, uh, of, of, of Come Together. Come I think it all worked. Yeah, it was great. For, for, for myself, uh, I liked all, all the imagery. Uh, it Tonally, it's obviously different from uh, Batman v Superman. There's a lot of stuff talking online about like oh there's this big adjustment going from you know Warner Brothers and yes there's there's definitely adjustments happening mm-hmm. but at the same time I'm not sure we can pinpoint exactly where or when that started because mm-hmm. even before Batman v Superman was released and got the reaction it did from you know it's a very divisive film amongst uh, mm-hmm. uh, fans and even critics um they they the said end- they said that yeah. The, they said, look, Justice League is going to be lighter. It's like, look, the fight between Batman and Superman is going to go to dark places. And we saw how dark it was. You know, Superman, is, you know, is no longer um, among the mm-hmm. living, you know. Mm-hmm. And but they said, no, Justice League is going to be a much uh, uh, a more fun action based. Because it's not heroes fighting heroes. It's heroes. Yeah. All together, together, coming together. Camaraderie. You know, they're going to. Yeah. It's nice to the round table. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, you have to, you have to have so that. So it's going to be different. Uh, yeah, uh, and dynamic. and I I I like just the scope of it. What we saw in the trailer, um, I loved. We're going to get apparently what they call a history lesson as the beginning part of the film, which right. is essentially uh, just to give you Backdrops, a load a, bio. Yeah. Well, uh, the the villains of the piece are characters from a place called Apocalypse. I don't know if you know any of the DC mythology. You know what? That's. One good point. Uh, the trailer didn't really show the enemy, really. You know? Yeah, like, you, you see these really, troops and things. Yeah, but you okay. didn't really know so, what but, was going on as yeah, far as who they're fighting. Exactly. You know? Well, the, the 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 essential thing is that um, in in the DC universe there is a place called Apocalypse, and it is a, a place it's an, called Apocalypse. It's a place called a little nice place I like to call Aspen. Aspen. I mean Apocalypse. <laughs> <laughs> well, Apocalypse <laughs> is very far from Aspen. It is it is a it is a hellhole of a world. Ruled by this despotic cosmic god of evil called Darkseid. And Darkseid is a creation of Jack Kirby's. And what's his favorite record? Pink uh, Floyd, Darkseid. Yes, of, the moon. of course. Of course. You know? <laughs> and uh, he, uh, Darkseid is, he's the god of evil. He's the god of evil. He is searching for something called the anti life equation. Which apparently oh, can be found uh, on Earth. You know, Einstein's uh, evil twin brother is he, he's he, <laughs> in some ways yes, in some ways, and he is a uh, literal in the in the Bruce Tim comic uh, and the Bruce Tim adaptation of Superman that they had. Um, there's a whole episode where Superman goes to Apocalypse and goes toe to toe with him, and he defeats him. But even though he defeated him, and Superman's like, I think I'm liberating this planet from this evil despot, the people still worship him. That is how deep he is into these people's like Stockholm he, syndrome. It is oh. he's a god there. He is a literal mm. god. And uh he is not probably going to appear in the film. He's going to be a backdrop thing. Uh but his uh his main general who is his dark side's uncle Steppenwolf is going to be leading the forces of Apocalypse against planet Earth. We're going to have a section where we learn that there are these things called mother boxes that are 
on planet Earth, and they're part of the origin of Cyborg, who we saw in the movie. And again, we have the... I, I liked what I saw. I liked what I saw Cyborg. Some of the CG... I'm not sure if it's wonky and needs to be cleaned up, or they're just going for, like, no, this is a dude who basically he's a head and a torso, and that's it. So he's going to mm. look a little odd as a cyborg. We saw more of Wonder Woman, who, of course, mm. is getting her o- own film that's uh, going to come out in June. Uh, we saw Ezra Miller as their version of The Flash, still Barry Allen. I, I like the interplay him and Batman. I like what I saw with the effects. I like the whole sort of, like, he does this, like, Tai Chi kind of movement. You know, when before he does his speeding, I don't know what that is, but I I don't, I charging up or something, something, maybe he's got it. Maybe it's something where like he, he's into yoga or Tai Chi because like he has to center himself, slow him down, you know, to slow, he's got to slow down in order to use his powers properly. And then we've got our first like real, like glimpse at, you know, uh, what is affectionately called online Aqua Momoa, Jason Momoa, Aquaman. (laughs) Well, I got to say he does pretty well on land. Yeah, we already know that. We already, he does, right from the he's like flying with a spear, well, attacking people Aquaman's, in the sky. Yeah, like, Aquaman is no joke. I mean, th- this is one of the things that the sh- they're they're hoping to accomplish with this is that Aquaman has been a very joke for a long time since Super Friends. You, you see all the time they you know parodies and satires, like Family Guy and stuff. It's like, oh, he's the guy that talks to fish. But the <laughs> character John is a lot bigger than that. For the first mm-hmm. thing, Aquaman is the king of the seven seas. He's mm-hmm. he's technically the ruler of the earth. Because seventy percent, seventy percent of the planet like is, 70, yeah. you know, and he's got his own stuff that happens down there. We have no clue about. He's saving, yeah. the, he's saving the planet on a regular basis, and no one knows. Yeah, he's stopping BP oil spills all the time. <laughs> yeah, you know? he's got that. Yeah, There's the probably. environmental thing. Yeah. He's got. Actually, he does fight Cthulhu esque type forces that are from like you know the bottom of the ocean, mm-hmm. and um, I, just by himself. He's a powerful character because, of course, the whole idea is that well, he has to survive under the deep pressures of the ocean. Oh, so that he's stronger. Strength. Yeah, when he's on land, he's a lot stronger because he's you know it's because like because he's like a hundred leagues under the sea. Exactly, yeah. and then you've got uh, you've got also, ten thousand leagues. Sorry, you've got the whole uh, the whole thing where he has uh, Atlantis. So Atlantis is a mixture of science and magic in the DC world Mm -hmm. and they're an advanced technology nation that also has sorcerers and stuff Uh, we saw his queen Mera who she's a badass in her own right because she's uh, if you've ever seen uh, Avatar The Last Airbender she's a waterbender so she can make hard substances out of water spears you know battering rams the whole yeah you know we don't know and what's interesting is that we saw um, um, some, some part in the past the Amazons that's Wonder Woman's people Wonder Woman and Aquaman, kind of similar to Thor, are characters that, because they're sovereigns, uh, and we don't know if Aquaman is the king yet or not in this film. I don't know if he could be or not be, but Mm -hmm. one of the things that those three characters bring to the table is not only are they powerful characters in their own right, but they can call down an army of dudes and dudettes who are way more powerful, stronger, and have, like, you know, uh, technology and weapons that outclass anything that, you know, humanity come up with. So maybe that plays into the movie. You know, mm-hmm. maybe there is a sort of like, hey, the heroes are, you know, on their last legs here. And, you know, they, they send Aquaman and Wonder Woman come back and boom, you know, here comes the cavalry. You get the the Amazons and the Atlanteans and until it could great stuff. I'm hoping, um, you know, Batman v Superman, like I said, was hate- divisive. But yeah. this looks like I hope that it is. Like a, just a good fun romp, and who is noticeably absent from that trailer? 
Exactamundo. I have a feeling he's going to show up last minute. Save save the day. That's what he does. That's what he does. That is what he does. Uh, I, I actually am hoping he doesn't that it's, show up. It's, well, I hope he doesn't show up in the marketing for a while. Oh, yeah. I really hope that they keep that under wraps. That Be- they're just like. Yeah. Had I not known anything, I would you not. You know nothing. I, I, don't, I know nothing. <laughs> uh, I, I wouldn't have guessed. I would, I would not guess he would show up. Right, yeah. I mean, but, even though the ending of Batman v Superman has the... You saw a little shaking of Exactly. The rock, yeah. And there's a lot of theories online Which about... Which I was it, hoping for Wolverine, that, that kind of <laughs> yeah, thing he would just, he would, yeah, I'm back. <laughs> <laughs> you can't kill me, bitches. <laughs> but um, um, I am hoping uh, for it not a, a lot. I, I would be fine if it were like final reel, but I hope that his resurrection is a big plot point. Like, mm-hmm. it, it, I wouldn't even matter if it is, like you say, like, he comes in last third reel of the film. Oh. If the whole point is to bring him back to life. If there is this kind of, like, we are dealing with what they call the, the apocalypse. They are what they are called new gods. And new gods in the DC uh, mythology are insanely powerful. They have weapons, and it's a mixture. It's cosmic. It's magic and science mixed. And physically, these are incredibly powerful beings. And frankly, I love Aquaman. I love Wonder Woman. I don't, in my own opinion, they're not new Powerful. god level. Yeah, yeah. If you're going to go toe-to-toe with Darkseid's uncle, punch for punch. It has to be Superman. you got to get Superman in there. And, you know, uh, there are also other things in, in the comics and in cartoons. You know, Superman um, has been turned mm-hmm. by Darkseid before. He's been brainwashed. I was gonna say, what if the person doing the resurrecting is the the bad people? Egg, there's there there there's get, a way to go yeah, where yeah. you can have Superman resurrected in the middle of the movie, and that's and why actually they're getting killed, they're getting crushed. The Justice League. exactly, there's and then it's like, how do we turn Superman back? How do we get yeah, him back? Yeah. There's there's that uh, there are those elements from Batman v Superman. There's the thread there. We saw a nightmare scenario of an apocalyptic future. Uh, dark side symbol written on the earth, fire pits, the, all that's from there. And it's like, where does that fit in? Dude, I didn't realize that. There you go. Well, yeah. there you go. You learn something new every day. So I'm, <laughs> I, I would totally be fine. Yeah. There's a lot of online, a little, uh, quite frankly, in my opinion, a little bit of whining. It's like, oh, you can't turn Superman evil. And I'm like, look, they've done it in cartoons. They've done it in comics. They've done it in, in the comics so it's not a big deal. And I look. It'll or, just be a great scene to see Superman just whomping ass right. on them before they, 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 you know, Lois snaps them out of it. You know, I, that, I, that'd be awesome. But here's the third uh, option, which is done in the comics too. He comes back, but he's, you know, he was dead, so he got a little brain rot, and so he doesn't know what the hell's going on, and he's a little, you know, a little, sl- little slow, lost. a little lost, a little slow. Take him a tail, a or, or it could take him a while to build up his strength. Yeah, or yeah. he could come back fully cognizant. Yeah. But it'll be like, you know, are you okay? And it's like, I don't know. And then there's also a question of like, is what are the process to bring him back? Because I think that uh, some Jess, sunlight. You know? Jess, Jesse Eisenberg, Lex Luthor is also in this. We saw him Batman v Superman. He he also resurrected a Kryptonian. He resurrected Zod. Now he mm-hmm. did experimentation. He augmented him. But that ship that did that resurrection last we saw was only under Lex Luthor's control. So given how we ended with Batman being all like, you know, I'll be watching you, Lex, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, Lex may be losing it a little. Maybe they've got an ally with Lex Luthor to to get 
Superman back in the game, and that will be very interesting. I think you could do something with that because then it's like Lex has to be the one to resurrect the guy he went through all this trouble to kill to save the planet. Right, right. I mean, it can be handled well. I mean, a lot of people I don't have faith in Zack Snyder, but I I don't know. I think I think it could be a, a a really good fun romp. I'm I'm all for I'm all for Justice League. Uh, yeah. We have a a couple of a couple of uh, uh, smaller things here. Uh, out of nowhere, and I don't know if you heard this. Suddenly, we get news that uh, the Deadpool movie, which is you know. Uh, you know, was such a big hit is getting its sequel and a lot of talk of, Oh, we're going to get cable in the Deadpool movie. And, uh, you, do you know who cable is John? Uh, the time traveler's wife, right? (laughs) (laughs) Cable, cable, well, cable is a time traveler. He is, Mm -hmm. he is in the comics, in the comic canon of Marvel. He is the son. He is an alternate universe son of, uh, 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 Jean gray and, Scott Summers. Yeah, but he's always out to get someone, right? Uh, always- his his big enemy was Apocalypse. Right, right. Uh, he comes from, he he was, he got infected in the present day, Nathan Christopher Summers, uh, uh, and he was sent into the future because he was, in, he was infected with this technical organic virus, and then he had to live out his life in there and then he was sent back in time and he came back as an older grizzled like veteran of all these you know horrible things from the future and he has a history with Deadpool in the comics and so they're introducing him in the Deadpool sequel now there was a lot of talk about who was going to play him we had uh, Brad Pitt was up for a while uh, he kind of that seemed to fall apart very quickly because I don't think he Brad Pitt wants to do superhero movies or I think it was a schedule thing thing actually I, I think it was a schedule thing Michael Shannon mm-hmm. who was General Zod was up for it uh, David. Oh yeah, yeah. He couldn't, you know. Brad Pitt had to <laughs> cheat on his wife. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Enough of that. Uh, and uh, David Balfour, who uh, is the sheriff from uh, Stranger Things, was also up for it. So there's a lot of people. It was a highly coveted role because it seems to be that that's where they're going into. Cable has a connection also to the New Mutants from uh, from. Uh, 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 X-Men comic books and then the New Mutants who then morph into what is likely going to be their films which are X-Force mm-hmm. not X-Men but X-Force but you know whenever you have Cable because I remember Cable it's, it's better it's, it's not as good as Satellite exactly <laughs> except for it works better it does work better when you don't rain. have the rain with the, the rain, rain exactly yeah, no no but um, Cable always was a, a, a dark presence like it always made he's it a, super serious. He because like he Terminator. is. It's, 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 yes, he it, is. It reminds me like Cable reminds me of Terminator too. So I'm I'm glad it's not Brad Pitt. I'm glad it's not. <laughs> well, it needs to be. Here's a, here's a who it, super dark heavy dude, man. I don't know. I if don't know. I don't know if you're going to agree with the choice because I don't. I don't think you know who the choice is. Who's but the choice? The choice to play him is Dolnai? Is <laughs> Josh Brolin? Josh Brolin. Who uh is playing who the interesting thing is Josh Brolin is also playing Thanos for the MCU for the Marvel Studios. Oh. And you know you uh, uh uh Josh Brolin uh you know uh has been an actor for a long time. He was the older brother in Goonies. Uh he has been in uh such films as No Country for Old Men. Uh he was just in the another Coen's Brothers uh, film. He was in Hail Caesar. Uh, uh he's uh 
he's had a, a very long uh, career, and I think he's getting to the age now where he can pl- he's he can play those parts. He he played the younger Tommy Lee Jones in the uh, the uh, oh the third Men in Black film. Oh, I love this guy. <laughs> yeah, just just now coming to you. Yeah, yeah. So uh, right. he's and he's I you know didn't come to anyone's mind I think because of the the Marvel Studios connection. You just don't assume that that's maybe not going to be allowed. But you look at him and you go, oh yeah, yeah, he can like you know you you, you give him the white hair, you know, give him the makeup for the eyes, give him the, the the cybernetic arm, and and I think he's a guy also who has pretty good comedic timing that. He would be a very good guy to 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 play off a of Ryan Reynolds, uh, Deadpool, and plus now there are just inherently will be jokes about uh, Jonah Hex, which was a DC character he played, and of course in playing uh, uh, Thanos. And I don't know. I mean, I I haven't read too much about this aspect, but for myself, what I find interesting is the idea that that he is doing a Fox X Men film. Now there's no love lost between Fox and Marvel Studios at least that's that's been the word for a long time I can't help but think that he's been playing Thanos they've been building up towards Thanos in the Marvel Studios films I have to think he ran this by Marvel and Disney when he was offered this part I, I don't think it would just been like, oh, we don't care if he does an, another comp. I think there's got to be some sort of like, hey, guys, I got offered this this Fox film. It's 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 one of their X-Men properties. Is this is this OK with you? Could this possibly be a, a, a clue that there's a thaw between the relationships between Marvel and Fox? And then that maybe there's a maybe there's a Sony Marvel Studios style team up. In the future, I don't know. I mean, I'm not pure speculation. Is pulling it straight out of my sphincter. I'm just saying that you know, I, you that's know what an they can call part. that. They can call the three of those the conglomerate force. Conglomerate force. That sounds like a great superhero team, right? There was actually a superhero <laughs> group in DC called the Conglomerate, <laughs> and they were actually exactly they were a they were a corporate backed superhero team led by a, a character called uh, um, Booster Gold. Who uh, do you remember, Mystery Men? Uh, that that movie from the '90s, Mystery Men. Ever ever heard of it? It's like a superhero parody thing. And Greg Kinnear played this uh, this character. Oh, he was Captain something or other, and his whole deal was like his superhero uniform was filled with like patches, like a NASCAR thing. It was right. just all his back, his corporate backers. This was that's an idea that actually originates in DC Comics with this group called the Conglomerate. With uh, with bo- this character called Booster Gold, who that was his whole thing. He was like, "I'm just a total sellout. I just, I just, you know, we just want money to, you know, you know, to get our backing to do this sort of thing." <laughs> uh, but I, 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 I'm excited because a, a Brolin's a quality. It's always good, as they say on Collider. It's always good when you add talent. Mm-hmm. And yeah, talented, yeah, and sure. he fits. The, he really does fit the part. I think yeah, you know he, he looks. He, yeah, he looks like. That, and I think a good, I think a good mix. Veteran, yeah, yeah, you could, ops dude. Yeah, that, absolutely. Know? Once they get all, once they get done with the the, uh, the makeup and the costuming on it, I think I, I buy it. I buy it uh, totally, com- completely. I think one last bit of news that is on the sad side before we move over to uh, like our little spotlight reviews, and that of course is that um, we lost a star who shone very brightly. For a, a short period of time, even though uh, he 
he has a relationship with uh, um, one of the biggest stars in all the world. And of course, I'm talking about uh, the death at the age of 57 of uh, Charlie Murphy from uh, uh, leukemia. Oh, and yeah. he 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 rose to prominence uh, as a member of Chappelle's show uh, when Dave Chappelle had his show uh, with his, uh, you know, Charlie Murphy's True Hollywood Stories. But also, you know, the 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 the, the haters. Uh, you know, he was the 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 Black Bush. I th- I think he was the Black Rumsfeld. I want to say, and all I mean, all around an entertaining presence, voiceover work. He was uh, he he did uh, um, the Boondocks, mm-hmm. and he see he late in his life he seemed to be moving under the shadow, out of the shadow of uh, of Eddie Murphy, and you know being this not. Doing everything like you know, no, a different personality from Eddie. Very different. You know, different, different, different delivery Eddie, of lines. Yeah, I mean, uh, he was a, a Navy veteran, and you know, it's a strange thing for him going at fifty-seven because I felt one. I was like, it was just starting. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't he, that. It was like that's pretty young, and yet at the same time, he was way older than I expected. For some reason, in my right, mind. Right. I don't think of him again. On the other hand, I don't think of Eddie as being as old as he is. Right, he bloomed late. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, but did well. But did well, and and just overall to 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 die at at, at that age is, is is young. It's it's yeah, it's it's young. It's 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 tragic, you know. And I just wanted to get a, a short little, you know, uh, shout out to him because you know, my God, I mean, Chappelle's show alone is gives you immortality, but. We're talking fanboy stuff. Like I said, we're talking, you know, we're talking the boondocks. That's a, that's a huge, that's a huge thing. Black Jesus. <laughs> I mean, a lot of, you know, he did a lot of, he did a lot of stuff. And, yeah. you know, I, I, I personally think that, I'd you know. I'd equate him to like Paul Mooney, you know. I, he's definitely with a, a well-known people. And I don't, you, you know, other than, you know, maybe Rick James. Right, I don't think right, anybody right. had a word, a bad word to say about him. And I guess I guess they're having their uh, their reunion, you know, somewhere in the afterlife right now. And you know, it's just it's just a sad you know it's a sad moment when anyone you know passes. It's such a you don't ever want to say anyone is a good time to die. I mean, I'm I'm sure that if I died at ninety, I, I hope John and Ed would be like, it was so young. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They got that immortality pill now too. It's such a shame. Um, but. You know, just a little shout out to him because uh, definitely uh, we cover the general wider pop culture and it's a, it's a bit of a loss. So a moment of silence for Charlie Murphy. Okay, uh, that covers uh, the news. It was a lot of stuff, uh, but uh, we had to because we'd, we'd been off for so long. Now, uh, j- uh, I kind of have the idea of just doing a, a, some quick spotlight talk about uh, a couple of things that I saw. Uh, I don't know. Uh, John didn't get a chance to see them all. Uh, we're going to talk about uh, Kong Skull Island. Uh, we're going to talk about Ghost in the Shell. And then we're going to finish up with talking about Legion. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we're a little late on all of those, but like I said, you know, that that's the nature of the show. Sometimes we don't always get a chance to, to go out. But uh, first up is Kong Skull Island. Now, John, you weren't able to see the whole thing. I wasn't able to see the whole thing. I have um, through alternate I methods. <laughs> I have a. Uh, oh yeah, no, no, I won't. Well, anyway, oh yeah, never mind. I shouldn't say anything. You shouldn't say anything. <laughs> I played the fifth. I played the, the fifth. Uh, now, but uh, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It 
There's this one scene that sums it up for me, and I'm still going to see the whole thing. I want to watch it, but there's this part... This is spoiler review. Spoiler review, right? yeah. With spoilers. Spoilers oh. alert. We will. T- I'm going to talk about uh, the, the film as much as I can. Yeah. All these helicopters crash. And then, like, he sort of re- they regroup, they find each other, and Samuel L. Jackson goes, you know, like, you know, uh, any any survivors from chop- Chapter 6? He's like, no, nah, Cap, you know, uh, no, they didn't make it. And then he just looks down. He's like, oh, man. And then, and then he moves on. <laughs> and, then, like, and I'm like... Yeah, that's amazing. That's that's that was a great moment. Was great. <laughs> okay. <laughs> hey, they had they were in a situation. You know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I did a double feature, um, um, last week I think, and I think it's my life. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, I decided I was gonna. I said, look, I want to see Kong before it gets out of the theaters. I want to see Ghost in the Shell before it comes out of the theaters. In my family, Kong is a big deal. The two big monsters godzilla and kong for whatever reason Mm -hmm. is part of my fanboy upbringing my mom was into them just this way she was into star trek and my my dad was into them too oh really kong and godzilla yeah i feel like that was a big staple through the 60s through the 80s yeah it was um let me put it this way in my family uh for anyone here on the east coast especially in the tri-state area uh but especially new york new jersey on thanksgiving for God, just about 20 years or something, WWOR Channel 9 would always play this day-long marathon of giant ape movies. You'd start, they'd start out by showing the original 1930s King Kong. They'd show Son of Kong. They'd show Mighty Joe Young. And then round it all out with the 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 you know the the battle for the ages, <laughs> King Kong versus Godzilla by Toho. Now, we weren't a football family. Thanksgiving, that's what we watched. <laughs> I don't know why. It's a bit of a bizarre tradition. Well, you know, it's fitting. It's Thanksgiving, and you want to be grateful for being alive and not being stomped on <laughs> by animals, you know? by giant, giant, giant lizards and apes. Yes, and it makes you appreciate exactly. the time you're having. Yeah. Uh, so uh, Kong w- has always been a big deal in my house. Uh, it's one of my, I think it might be my mother's second favorite movie. My mother's first favorite, my, my her first favorite movie is A Wizard of Oz, and then for whatever reason in her mind, it's it's Kong and it's. Those kind of giant monster films, and I was big into Godzilla, so um, that was another thing. You know, the, during the his sort of her, I don't know the pro- proper uh, Japanese term, but the the sort of '60s '70s Godzilla is sort of considered his like his heroic era. His Godzilla is the friend to all children everywhere. He's saving the planet, you know, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And that was my that's Godzilla to me. And you know, the appeal of these movies is very elemental. It's professional wrestling with monsters destroying mm-hmm. cities they don't have to be that complex for myself mm-hmm. i mean the only two kong and godzilla films that are in my opinion are worth a damn as art is the original godzilla which is you know obviously a a, a big allegory for uh the dropping the bomb of hiroshima and then king kong which has a film that also has its depths of that people look into it, but also is as an achievement uh, technically is, mm-hmm. you know, a, a mind blowing thing. We got to remember that stop motion was the Jurassic Park of its era. Yeah. It was how do we, we hear these creatures that are amazing that have these movements that people are interacting with and, you know, 
you know, hey, here's a monster that's going to be on the streets of New York City and we're going to try and recreate it and, you know, have this big spectacle. So I I have very mixed feelings about the Peter Jackson King Kong, which came out not that long ago. It was 2005, I think. With uh, Jack Black. With Jack and, Black and, yeah. you know, I... That film is one of the ha- a handful of movies I actually fell asleep in the theaters to. I had to go watch it again. I really, it really, it really, it was, um, and I don't, that doesn't happen to me. And I was really excited to see it was Kong. The, it was the precursor to Tropic Thunder. That's what it was. Yeah. <laughs> it was, it, it was a film that uh, Peter Jackson is, Kong, the original King Kong is one of his very favorite films. It wanted to do this big homage to it. And there's a lot of really good stuff in that Peter Jackson King mm-hmm. Kong movie. And the fight between the two T Rexes. Some people give like the dinosaur stampede. Oh yeah, crap. yeah, that was great. Yeah, that actually, was a good scene. That, it is. Where it's he really, rips those yeah, T Rexes' exactly. mouths open and like, you know, oh. he's got a, he's got the, he's got the girl. He's got to stay yeah, in the yeah, middle yeah. of it. Beautiful stuff. Uh, you know, really great CG. And I mean, it, obviously, Peter Jackson's heart was really into it, but it does feel very bloated. And the human characters are not particularly all that great. Too I'm many sorry. one-liners and like, you know. Yeah, it, it, it? and it took it's forever to cheese, get to right? the island. Yeah. I mean, that is a film in which, like, I think you might you might get to the possibly Fast four, 45 hour. to an hour mark before you get to the island. And then we got to have the adventure on the island, and then we got to come back, and then we have a little expanded, and then we have the whole tragic death on the Empire State Building. It... I think it was a little too full of itself. It was a little too bloated. I think he was too close to the material to say, nah, this is, uh, I don't think you should have a two and a half hour Kong movie. You know, plus he had the chits from Lord of the Rings. Right, right. That he could do whatever he wanted. Right. So there was no one to like rein that in. So he should have recused himself. <laughs> I I just had like I was just like, ah, uh, it didn't it didn't hit the mark for me. Then, you know, as a as a a conjoining to that, we had the 2014 uh, Godzilla film by Gareth Edwards, who just gave us the brilliant and incredibly entertaining uh, Rogue One. And I am in the minority. I really like that Godzilla movie. But I totally understand anyone who came away from that movie being disappointed. I liked it a lot. I loved the effects. Um, yes, it was disappointing that Brian Cranston dies very early. And uh, Cranston. Yeah, he was. You didn't. You didn't. You didn't see the 2014 uh, Godzilla, or you don't even remember that he was in it. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs> see, that's yeah. There, there, there's, there's a problem. If you can't remember that Brian Cranston was in the film, they may have misused him. And then there was also that Aaron Johnson, um, kick-ass. He Quicksilver in the Age of Ultron. I don't. He's a he's an okay actor, but I don't think he he necessarily gave his his best, or the the character wasn't written that well. But I did appreciate the kind of perils of Penelope, kind of like this guy's just trying to get home, and at every turn, yeah, gigantic monsters. He's on a tram, gigantic monsters. He's he's in the middle of America on a railroad train, gigantic monsters. There's something about that that I did appreciate it, that I enjoyed, and I like the design of Godzilla. The fight at the end is absolutely fantastic. And it's set up an interesting world. But I, again, I understand if someone came away from that because they you got rid of Brian Cranston and they didn't really show a lot of Godzilla per se. It was very a Spielberg's use of Jaws up until like the end. 
So, you know, I understand someone coming in there paying their money. It's like, I want to see guys up. <laughs> I want to well, see romping and stomping. Ex- yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they didn't necessarily deliver on that. So now we come to Kong Skull Island. Mm-hmm. And I think that this film took everything that from the Peter Jackson film and the 2014 Godzilla film. And I think that their sort of their uh, mission statement was don't do what that those movies did. And you can, I think some people are like, they wanted more depth, but for me, this film hit the spot. You, they give you, there are human characters, and are they kind of sketchy, are they not super developed? No, they're not. I'm not going to like pretend that they were like, oh, they're super, super deep characters. Man, I, I wanted to go home. Now <laughs> we got to do this mission? <laughs> right, yeah. What there's a lot of... There are a lot of military characters, and they're they're somewhat in the cliched, you know, platoon of guys that we see in a lot of type of these movies of military films. Dear Bill, we're <laughs> flying right into a hurricane. <laughs> yeah, there's there there there's there's a lot of stuff, but I think that worked for the shorthand. It worked for what it was, a, and they get into it right away. You you pick up your characters, you get the setup of you know here's John Goodman. Let me ask you something. Does Godzilla look like a bitch? <laughs> Does Godzilla look like a bitch? And why are you trying to look him like a bitch? <laughs> but um, you, you know, they they set up the characters very good. I I actually liked Samuel Jackson's character. I I think it made sense that he was this guy that apparently. Now you, tell me what's going on here. <laughs> You made us drop those bombs to flush them out, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I. Wow, you got pretty deep into the film then, actually. And then around then, that, that's when you had to, you had to, uh, you had to exit out of it. Okay, um, <laughs> I, I like that part of of Samuel Jackson's character. I think that that was good motivation. The idea that you know there was, there is an underlying theme. The idea of you know powerful forces clashing with other powerful forces, and maybe not necessarily understanding the fight that they're getting into. There is a bit of an allegory. It is a little, um, there's a little apocalypse now in there, you know? I'm not saying it's super deep as that, but, you know, it's there as a sort of an underlying theme. And the characters were good enough. Uh, Tom Hiddleston and Brie Larson, they were there. They were serviceable. I think that Tom Hiddleston did as good as he could with the character. I, I personally think that for what, that character did. We're talking about Loki, right? Yeah, Loki. <laughs> I think that uh, maybe that would have been better served by someone like a Jason Statham. Mm-hmm. And it's not, again, it's not that Tom Hiddleston was bad. I mm-hmm. just think it probably would have been better served by someone who could do stoic in a more, you know. Yeah, like Cable. Like Cable, exactly. Um, <laughs> but they get to the meat right away. And it's just like the scene that you described, the the helicopter flying into the island. Is spectacular. Yeah, yeah, and they get right. It's like this is a Kong who's right to the action. Right to it. It's a great design. Mm-hmm. It's very much an updated. Like you know, Peter Jackson's was basically just a giant mountain gorilla. This was Kong very much as he was in the 1930s movie, which isn't an exact like replica. It's an ape beast, not necessarily a full on like gorilla. Mm-hmm. And the the. The environment is great. I really, you know, all the monsters, um, you know, lots of lots of crazy kills, lots of other monsters on on the island. You know, this giant, uh, uh, I guess, a, a yak or a water buffalo. There's spiders. There are all sorts of things. And then uh, a character that I was kind of worried about in the movie um, was uh, John C. Riley, 
who plays a, a person who uh, a, a, a American a- aviator who had crash landed there uh, during World War II. And I was worried that this was going to be John C. Riley as like the thick headed kind of goofy guy that he does in a lot of like those Will Ferrell comedies. Mm-hmm. And for it actually worked. And it makes sense that he was like a little off. Because he was a guy that had been living on an island with giant spiders and King Kong and all the rest of this stuff. And it, it, they had a good through line. They developed him just enough so that he actually, there's a post credit scene kind of with him or a pre credit scene that is actually very, like, heart-tugging. I, strangely enough, like, I was like, okay. Uh, and he has some really good lines. There's, like, again, like, he's, like, he's not jaded, but he's just, like, He's like, look, I know what this island is like. There's like one scene where they like a bunch of guys go off, and it goes like, yeah, you got to be careful around here. It's a bunch of giant ants, and you hear like, <laughs> yeah, that's them. Sounds like a bird, but it's like fucking giant ant. <laughs> it's like, and and again, they delivered the monster action. I thoroughly enjoyed it. Is again, is this Academy Award winning? No, but it's a solidly entertaining film that does what it needs to do. Mm-hmm. The effects are, are I thought were really great. The, mm-hmm. There's a real sense of wonder of what this place is. I think they actually filmed. So ironically, I think they filmed some of it in Vietnam. I want to say that it was filmed in Vietnam and Cambodia. I I don't know it right off the top of my head, but beautiful vistas. And then the big thing again, spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. The film ends with the reveal that this is, it's within the same universe as the 2014 Godzilla film because the characters that John Goodman plays and, is, and, and leads are from Monarch. Monarch was established in the 2014 Godzilla film. And then there's a whole sequence where you see cave paintings of various characters and they are the to- the classic Toho Characters, you see Mothra, you see Rodan, you see King Ghidra, and you see Godzilla in the movie. At post credits, it ends with I think the loudest Godzilla roar I have ever heard, saying, "This is where we're going for." So we're gonna get a Godzilla sequel, um, which uh, uh, I believe uh, uh, Kyle Chandler, who was in the King Kong, uh, I believe he was in the the, the the Peter Jackson King Kong. Uh, he's starring, and then they're also uh, um, uh, Millie Bobby Brown from Stranger Things. I think is going to be the daughter. So we're getting that Godzilla film, and then after that, boom, Kong versus Godzilla, probably with all those other monsters involved. And I'm, I'm actually really excited again because this was I liked, I really, I did, I really liked the the Gareth Edwards Godzilla film. But like I said, I know it didn't really knock it out of the park. This Kong apparently has really good legs. It's been a hit. It satisfied where it needed to satisfy, and it definitely makes you intrigued to go. Yes, okay, where are we? What's the next fight? I want to see the next fight. And mm-hmm. you know, Kong, Kong's got to do some training. He's not necessarily at his at his at his at his biggest size. But the film takes place in 1970, like three, I think. And well, you know, if uh, they bring Kong to the present day, I don't know. Maybe he's uh, maybe he's been hitting the juice. <laughs> <laughs> You know what I mean? You know, it's a sort of a Rocky kind of thing where he's got to exactly. I don't know which one of those. Which one of them would be Avin Drago and which one of them would be would be Stallone? That's the <laughs> we were like Kong would be Stallone because he's like he's working because he's the American one. Yeah, yeah. He's he's, he's on the island. He's like all natural. He's like you know. He's like he's like you know. Climbing. They should make. They should make if it's about America beating uh, Japan country. <laughs> they should make. They should uh, 
turn Godzilla into North Korean. Like a North Korean Godzilla. Godzilla. <laughs> well, I think we're going to do a, it's going to be a Batman v Superman thing. I think yeah. we're going to get like they're going to fight and then it's going to be like King Ghidra or something. It's going to be some one of those like evil, you know, monsters that they're going to have to like team up team against up, or yeah. something, you know. So, but I don't I'm I, I again, I thoroughly recommend it. I think it was a lot of fun try and catch it on the big screen before it's out and anyone who's listening to this, but you know, give give it a shot. It's it, again, it's not it ain't Shakespeare, but it was a thoroughly fun time at the movies. And yes, the same day I went to see it, after I I, I came, uh, I did like I said, I did a double feature. When I got home, I wanted to call my mom because I know that she wanted to see it, and I wanted to you know give her the recommendation. And she had literally just come back from the movie theaters and saw it. Oh, that's funny. And we talked, and she as a Kong as a Congo file or what I don't know, was a, mm-hmm. a Congo. I don't know what they're <laughs> called. Uh, she also really, really enjoyed it. She said this was a lot of fun. She says she can't wait to see, you know, uh, Godzilla versus King Kong again. I hope, you know, I hope it, it comes sooner than sooner than later. So uh, a recommendation, uh, Kong Skull Island, go check it out uh, if you haven't seen it yet. You know, catch it in the theaters because you need to see it on the big screen. Now, the other film I saw that same day because I decided to do a double feature was Ghost in the Shell. Uh, I don't know, John. Uh, are you familiar with uh, the franchise Ghost in the Shell? I've heard of it, but uh, I, I haven't been <clears throat> you know, not, too not, involved. Not, okay, yeah. it's an it's a it's a, it's an anime property originally, mm-hmm. um, based on a manga. I cannot pretend that I have a deep understanding of it. There was a film that was released in 1995. Uh, that was you know the the mid 90s was when we were first getting like the trickle of anime into the country. Mm-hmm. And it was still a very niche thing. It I think anime is still a niche thing. Uh, mm-hmm. But there were these... Unless you're talking Pokemon. Yeah, yeah unless it's Pokemon or Yu-Gi-Oh! Yeah, 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 yeah. Or DBZ. You know, I God, I remember in the I remember in the 90s, you know, when I first moved back here in 97, like going to like Canal Street or like, you know, quite frankly, porno shops. And they'd have like, like... VHS, VHS kids. That's right. It was they were yeah. still VHS around in the late '90s, and you know that's where you would get like the fan dubs mm-hmm. uh, for a uh, Dragon Ball Z and something. You'd get some of the movies. You know, you get um, yeah. uh, you know, Legendary Super Saiyan. You know, Brawly, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And I used to blow away like my my um, my younger cousins because they they kind of had only seen Dragon Ball or Dragon Ball Z like you know edited. So Real, like, yeah, really PG thirteen. Yeah, PG, the, not oh, even PG thirteen. Yeah, exactly. Like whereas, PG. whereas you know, these fan dubs for whatever reason, I mean, like they, you know, Vegeta's curse. They got the subtitles, but Vegeta's just cursing up a storm. But not just that. They they actually. Um, well, they the pervert- tone down the violence. They tone down the violence exactly. They, 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 they you are see very- a lot of blood sometimes, or like you see some guy getting like punched in the face so hard that like. Like it's like his head is like yeah, exactly. There's a big indentation like, of yeah. just the side we're going. But in. you don't have that in uh, in the American. Yeah, when they would edit it down yeah, for yeah. Funimation. Yeah. And um, <laughs> so um, you know, uh, in the '90s, we were just starting to get that into the country, and you'd have like Fist of the North Star, Akira, and the one of the uh, I guess m- more well received ones was this '95 uh, Ghost in the Shell. And I remember watching Ghost in the Shell, and I can't, like I said, it didn't grab me then. It was live action? No, no, no. It was oh, an anime it was, film. It was, it was anime, anime film. And it, it didn't grab me. But that, that anime, I'm sorry to keep interrupting, but the anime film was 
like after the series or was that the series or yeah there was an anime film there were what they call OVAs that were done uh, like follow up I think there was also a follow up film I think it was called Ghost and Shell Innocence and it has a fan base but I remember watching that first film and first off I, I, I honestly, I know I'm going to get, there are some people online, uh, if you're listening uh, to this, Roos, uh, Roos Bolton from uh, Superhero Hype, if you're listening to this dude, Stan is Superhero Hype, I, I can't stand dubs. I cannot stand dubbed anime. I, I feel that there is a flavor that is lost. I feel that there is, uh, there's a problem with the performance of the voiceover actors. You can have the best voice actors in the world, but when they have to fit into the you know, that's why there's a lot of just where people are talking like this and it's very fast or they draw things out very much more. Or I think that there are issues with with the story. So, <laughs> yes. Yeah, there's a there's there's a lot of that. So uh, I remember watching the the, the Ghost in Shell anime uh, dubbed, hmm. but also. <laughs> yeah. 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 There's so a lot of, of those, too. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> what? Huh? <laughs> yeah, there's, I, I, but a story-wise, it also didn't necessarily grab me, and it's an interesting story. It's, uh, it, it's, it's the themes are about you know individuality. It's what what makes people human or not in in a world, but uh, where cybernetic enhancement is going on. There's a lot of that going on, and the film also is the original '95 is a gorgeous film. What I have to give. Two things about the about the ninety five film that I at least I did find entertaining for this level was it, the design of things, the animation is the gorgeous, mm-hmm. and the action is absolutely fantastic. Doing you know stuff they did in ninety five, they're only now starting to do because we have CGI that you have characters do, which is gorgeous, gorgeous stuff. But story wise, never grabbed me. The themes in it, it felt a little cold. It felt a little navel gazing. I don't again. I don't think necessarily things were as communicated as well as they could be. That's just me. I know that again. A lot of people love this anime, so we hear that they're going to get a film made, and uh, the director of the film is the director of uh, this uh, Snow White and the Huntsman. is kind of a visual guy, and the star attached is Scarlett Johansson, who of course had a. She's kind of coming into her own. She her she has her own, you know, uh, Lucy she opened up. And, you know, whatever one of them thinks about Lucy, it made bank. Yeah, sure, her star is... My quick review is great movie, really bad ending with the flash drive. <laughs> you know what I mean? Super cosmic. Yeah. <laughs> and then, bam, here's a little flash drive yes. uh, to end, you know, this okay. whole thing. And, yeah. and I, I got to say, I honestly... Scarlett Johansson is one of the sexiest um, actresses working in Hollywood today. And she does have a charm in interviews and things. And uh, she did a movie, Don John, with uh, uh, um, JGL, with Joseph Gordon-Levitt. And she's she's just sex on fire in that. Maybe maybe it's me, but I, I kind of like the trashy around the way uh, 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 Italian girls, gum-chewing, cousinettes. Maybe it's just me. There's a little something I got going on. But overall, though, I've never really been blown away. I am a huge fan of Black Widow from the comics. She was like, Black Widow was one of my, like, huge comic book crushes. Maybe it was a, growing up in the Cold War, 
And it's like, you know, it's mm. the it's the whole forbidden fruit thing. It's like, oh, she's Russian. <laughs> Not supposed look but don't touch. I don't know what it is. You know, Black Widow is the all is basically every every Bond girl femme fatale, like times ten because it's in the superhero world. But I've never been like super like she's fine as Black Widow, but didn't doesn't really do anything. In general, she doesn't really do anything for me. She's not a horrible actress, but she's not the greatest either. Which is a shame. Like I said, I've seen her in other things or 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 in interviews, and she's really charismatic. But I don't think that sometimes she gives too little. She was in that art film, uh, which I actually thought was where she was, was the voice, good... where she was just the voice. Um, um, her, right? Oh yeah, that too. Um, no, but I'm talking about where under she's the an skin. alien. Oh, under the skin, right? Under yeah, the skin. That I was what we so. called. Yeah, with the the black goo. Yeah, yeah, the, the black yeah, yeah. goo. Yeah, it, no. that that didn't get that many great reviews, but I I actually enjoyed that. I film. think it was a critical darling, actually. Uh, oh, I just yeah? don't think it was like widely released or, or made a lot of or money. Maybe that was it. Yeah, but, but she she you know, but you know, given that she's now her, she's got this reputation. She's got Lucy. She's got as Black Widow. It was a good fit for for Ghost in the Shell, and mm-hmm. God darn if they didn't make that film look exactly like the anime in many aspects. Mm-hmm. Um, there are certain changes. There's a there's a controversy because it was like, oh well, Ghost in the Shell's an anime. Shouldn't the character have been portrayed by an Asian woman? And I'm like going like, oh my goodness, anime is so weird anyway when it comes to this stuff with hair colors and eyes and it's you know I I I I get to a certain degree except except you notice all the people complaining were white. <laughs> no, I'm for, that for I'm for real. You didn't really see any. There is Japanese a, there was a little people. what they call this SJW. There's a little social justice warrior aspect. You didn't see to it, Japanese which, people complain. You didn't really. They're see actually it. they're they're actually online. You can look on YouTube. Oh yeah, there were yeah. people. No, no, no. You there oh. were like they went to Japan and they asked people on the street who knew of Ghost in the Shell. And they said, "What did you think of?" Oh, they would show of the pictures movie. of the guy and like, "Oh, she this she looks great. good. She looks, looks good. I think it's good." Yeah, yeah there's all. And like I said, they they made everything look stripped from the anime. But I feel it's odd because, I mean, everyone's like, it was a terrible adaptation of Ghost in the Shell. I think that except for one important element, and again, Roos Bolton, don't kill me when you listen to me next time because Roos Bolton is like, he's 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 my anime guy. He's the man. Yeah. On, uh, on superhero hype. Roos, don't kill me, but I kind of in my opinion kind of feel this was a really good adaptation because maybe the original Ghost in the Shell just wasn't all that engaging all the all the problems that oh. this film have I kind of felt the original anime had anyway it's a little it's a like I said it's kind of navel gazing it's vague about certain things the character is supposed to be a woman in a machine body so she's cold and robotic yeah, yeah I, th- I felt that about the original anime Overall, it is a spectacular-looking film, John. Like, it, it, like this director knows how to pro- how his production design and everything. And people, some people uh, compare him to like a, to a Zack Snyder. Here's the here's where the that similarity ends. Zack Snyder can deliver you an action scene like you would not imagine. It's not only stylized. It's not only gorgeous. It's not only look like it's painted. But things move. It's kinetic. It's it's balletic. It's you know, it's all that. This film had some of the most pedestrian, most 
uninspiring, most unengaging action I've seen in a film with this level of production in it for a long time. Really? It, yeah, it was That's boring. Disappointing. It was. It was. It was. See, now I would have given it a pass on the fact that the, the the plot necessarily didn't like super grab me. I would have given it a pass on a lot of things if it had just mm-hmm. been really beautiful and the action had like it had been like. Yeah, not the greatest movie in the world, but oh my lord, the action was out, out of control, and it was in this incredible setting and the costumes. Here's and all the this. standard bearer: if it's not better than 1999 Matrix fighting, <laughs> yeah. then, then and, and you that, fail. That is exactly it. There were a <laughs> handful of moments where they did some good slow mo stuff, and I'm not even against slow mo. There were a handful of moments where they totally recreated scenes from the 95 anime, like almost exactly. And those those worked a little, but overall, uh, it you know it didn't deliver on that level. And I think maybe because it was a pretty self serious about its themes and everything else. I think it had if they had just been like, no, we got to knock this out of the park, not just visually and not just have a tone that says we're taking this very seriously, but it's gotta, it's got things have got to pop. Nothing popped in this film. An an anime with bad action is yeah exactly is not an anime at all. Well, I mean, you, you know, know, there are other I mean, types I mean, of anime. Yes, there, yes. you know, you've got you you know Pokemon, but why do we all watch Dragon Ball Z? Exactly, why do we all watch Dragon Ball Z. Why do we all... You know, uh, uh, Gundam, Hakuto no Ken, watch... Gundam. You know, you you want to have you know for the action. You know? Yeah, yeah that's a action. huge part of it. I I don't have any Street problem Fighter. With that. I mean, come on, imagine yeah, Street these, Fighter. I mean, it would be a rom com. You know, these sort of things. You want you want sort of you want a certain level of grittiness and well choreographed fighting and you know this could have had those things but in the end that for me and it's odd because I think I'm actually again I have to tell you I I wanted to see the movie part of me doesn't want to see the movie I, I coming I, from a guy Miguel is a martial artist okay. Miguel knows it, my martial arts days are long long in the past but 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 like, I like to think guy, that I can judge these things. This know. is a guy I, I can trust. Like, if he says, you know, the action isn't that great, then it's probably going to be boring. Honestly, that was the, that is yeah. a big issue. If it had just delivered on that, because in the in the original anime, um, like I said, you know, they do what they can do with anime. And the original anime, like, there's a big whole like finale sequence where the you know the the cybernetic uh, main character uh goes up against a t- uh, this like like mecha tank thing and like she's got to push the body beyond its limits if i'm remembering correctly like it's like i said it really has been a long time since I'm, but it's like her body bulges and she's trying to pull pieces off of it and everything and they attempt that in this film for its finale too cuz it's so famous it's so iconic right right and they they they, they, couldn't, they couldn't pull off. It's the finale is just dull, and it's a waste of the cast. There were some really good performances in this. Uh, again, I I don't I don't necessarily think that Scarlett Jansen was bad as the character. I will understand that if, you know even if someone was like, oh, the action didn't matter, it didn't deliver on the drama. It probably didn't do that either. But it it wasn't horrible in that right, sense. Right, right. But it needed that one element. But it's a little misleading. You know? it's like, yeah, that's the other part. You know if you I mean? go it's into like, this film thinking you're, you're going like, to see, yeah, come on, anime, action pack, crazy cyborg chick, who and and kicks and the trailer of kind of promised that. Excuse my language. Okay, the 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 the, 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 the trailer kind of promised that, and it just it didn't it didn't do that. 
Yeah, uh, I feel like they m- probably gave like the one of the best scenes up in the trailer, right? Like where like the sl- the, 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 the the invisible slow mo, invisible thing? like punch, and then she appears from the ground and there's yeah, an uppercut, exactly. and which then again does, is like, straight spinning, again, which is the you know. which is so good because it is honestly just directly from the the, the anime. So yeah. uh, a thumbs yeah, down for. Ghost in the Shell. If people don't already know, I just, <laughs> I, I, again, I, I, w- I was disappointed. A lot of effort, a lot of visual flair, just kind of falls uh, flat, now, especially in the action wise. Now, did you, something did you like it better than Iron Fist. <laughs> you know, Iron Fist did a better job with what it was doing. I think to really a with the degree, action, with its action oh, than, than this. Yeah, that's saying that's t- that's saying, saying something yes. exactly because yeah, Iron yeah. Fist didn't exactly blow the the, the roof off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's you know there's some moment you know like you know, there's that fight between Pakudo and and Colleen Wing with the swords which is yeah. actually kind of there you know there yeah, there's some a, there there's some good there are a couple fights. of good like fights in Iron Fist yeah, this did yeah. not did did yeah did, didn't even rise to the level of the drunken the 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 the, the drunken, the drunken uh, uh, style fight, yeah master yeah. style here okay finally to close out something that's been a little bit of a a a, a slog for John here and I'm also late to the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, they're just like I said. There's so much to watch. There's so many things. I think maybe when, I think maybe when this was going on, I might have been like watching Iron Fist. But on the FX channel, we have, uh, and it's already completed its run of eight episodes only. And it's a Fox. Uh, yeah, under right? Fox yeah. Uh, is Legion, which uh, is an adaptation of a Marvel Comics uh, character, one of the, their mutants character, as everyone knows. Fox uh, has the rights to do any uh, film or TV adaptations of the mutants, and this was their uh, their stab at a very uh, a, a pretty under the radar character in terms of uh, people who in the mass media uh, what we've been exposed to from the mutant world. You know, everyone knows Wolverine at it this seems point. Seems like a I, complex character too. You know? Yeah, there's a lot going on. So Legion from the comic books uh, is. A very strange character. He premieres in uh, when Chris Claremont, who is basically the guru of the the the, the heyday of the mutants and comic books from the late seventies and the eighties, uh, uh, appears in uh, New Mutants, which was the sort of the teen X Men team, and he was writing it. And he decided to introduce this character, uh, David Heller, who is Professor X's son. And he doesn't know that he has uh, uh, the son, and then he finds him many, many years later. And the son has uh, deep psychological problems. In the in the comics, it's a little different from the show. It's mm-hmm. uh, he has he has he has absorbed different psyches from different people. So he has these different personalities going around in him. Some of them also might, you know, I, I might be a little clear because I'm not going to pretend that I was the big Legion guy. But uh, he also had these like other personalities that I think might not have been. Um, just absorbed from other people that had died around him, but also like maybe from his own psychosis. And uh, the interesting thing about Legion is that Professor X is a mutant and he is a telepath. Legion, each one of his personalities manifests a different psychokinetic power. So you have one as a telekinetic, you have uh, one as a telepath, you have one as a pyrokinetic and turn. You know things on with his mind, and on and on and on and on and on, and that was what makes him this very dangerous, very unstable character because you never know who you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. Um, each character, each personality is fighting each other inside his mind. It's not run of the mill superhero type stuff. 
And uh, Legion in the comics became uh, like the focal point uh, for uh, being used later on because he was kind of this character that there's you, you look at that. There's a lot of stuff you can do with him, but it gets really complex. Like I said, it's not straightforward. So for a long time, he was just kind of like in a corner of the X-Men like universe. And then they finally got around to using him uh, in the in the 90s, I think if I'm remembering correctly, and then really his big thing was he was used to set off the Age of Apocalypse event, which was the whole alternate timeline thing. He goes back in time, uh, you know, futzes around with there. It, it doesn't, uh, wants to kill Magneto, ends up killing his father, blah, 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 blah. But anyway, so the characters has got this very strange history. It's a very off the beaten track kind of thing. And FX decides that they're going to, this, they're going to do this adaptation. And the uh, the person they bring I- uh, in is Noah Hawley, who is uh, uh, known for uh, stuff like pushing daisies. He has a very specific kind of style. I really think he's like, frankly, kind of like the Wes Anderson of TV. Mm-hmm. At off the beaten track, strange production values. He pushes a very specific, very stylized yeah. kind of thing. And but also his work is also very known for. It's very actor heavy. It's very, he focuses on the characters. And so we hear, oh, he's going to Legion. Legion drops. I didn't get a chance to see it un- until retroactively. Like it had already premiered. And yeah, I think how it, long it's been out? Uh, uh, I think it came out in February. I want to say at least was was around by at least like the second week of February. Oh, okay. So not, not too long. Not ago. too long ago, right? You know, and uh, so finally got around to watching it. Yeah, and then yeah. I talked this guy into 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 watching it too. He was like, "Why are you making me do this?" Yeah, yeah. And I think, on balance, everyone we talked about this before we came on air was we've got you know everyone's talking about Marvel. You know, everyone's talking yeah. about Marvel versus DC. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sony kind of the redheaded stepchild because you know it's like uh, yeah, they screwed up they screwed up Spider Man three they screwed up the Amazing Spider Man two and now only everyone's really excited because oh they're they've got Spidey but they're they're oh they're co producing you know Homecoming uh, which was another trailer we didn't get to talk about yeah right, right, <laughs> uh, right. Uh, uh, but they're 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 co producing Homecoming with Marvel so it's like okay and Fox has sort of slipped in there with I think three things. More or less in a row, but I think I think maybe uh, Apocalypse was in there, and uh, Apocalypse is kind of a little bit on the uh, devices. People either really like that film or really don't, or they're very like I didn't care. I I I fall a little bit into the I didn't care category. There's good stuff in it, but it's kind of like uh. But three in a row: Deadpool, Logan, mm-hmm. and now, in my opinion, Legion shows that. Don't don't sleep on Fox and their superhero adaptations. They are they 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 are they're showing that they're willing to the thing about to go the extra mile. Well, I think yeah. the thing about Deadpool, Logan, and Legion is they're very creator driven. Um, the, they're the, very creative and create uh, creator and creative. Driven. Right, yeah. exactly. Yeah, yeah, they're they're all you know they're, they're you know you we had never seen the breaking the fourth wall thing done done the way they did it in Deadpool. Logan is just so raw and so absolutely you know unflinching. Yeah, and then we have Legion, which is very stylized, very much. Mm-hmm. It, there's definitely a voice there. Uh, and it's the the series creator and whoever he delegated because he didn't you know direct every single episode, but it, it's uh, a very interesting take. 
I would I really want to get what John thinks of it because it's not standard superhero stuff. Yeah. So like just to give the setup again, this is an adaptation of Legion we just described from the comics mm-hmm. and it's it's there are a lot of similarities. It's a a man who he is a mutant. He doesn't know it necessarily. Uh he thinks he has uh, schizophrenia of some kind. He's been uh he's been mandated to a state uh, you know mental facility and he basically is, you know, he's living his life, you know, taking the meds, the whole nine yards. And then he meets a, a young woman and then it sort of spirals out. She's another mutant. And we learn, he learns that he is a mutant and so on and so forth. Um, a great cast. Um, Dan Stevens, uh, Aubrey, Aubrey Plaza, Gene Smart, uh, Jermaine Clement of the of Concords. Of Concords. <laughs> um <laughs> And I enjoy, I, but before I get into what I want, I, what did you think overall of its eight episode run? Which was another interesting thing was that mm-hmm. it was very concentrated into just eight episodes. You know, it's it's now that I've completed it, I have more of an appreciation. Uh, I guess in the beginning, I saw. I'm rambling. All right, let me start by saying this. Let me start over. I've seen a lot of brand new Netflix shows like. Um, like Daredevil, Jessica Jones. So this sort of set the kind of like, oh, this is what a superhero, Marvel superhero uh, TV show should feel like, should look like. So this FX Legion show turned that on its head. Mm. It's completely different style. So for for a minute, it took me a, a minute to adjust to it. Maybe maybe more than yeah. maybe a few episodes. It took me a, a few episodes to like appreciate this new... Uh, flow, this new way of storytelling, and 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 uh, anyway, overall, I think it's it's a good show. I I, I appreciate the art. I appreciate uh, the imagery, um, the craziness, the wackiness. I I still m- my criticism now is lighter, but it's still along the same lines, which is. Um, I felt like there was just too many riddles, too many like I told Miguel I thought the Riddler directed this uh <laughs> TV show, you know. And it's the dream within a dream within a dream and so one person woke up in the dream and and but the other two people are asleep and but the dream still goes on and yeah, I don't know, you know. <laughs> I I I, I I can totally, again, I sympathize with anyone who watched this. And I don't know anything about the comics. Right, exactly. So you're not judging it based on like, hey, they didn't, this wasn't just like issue 235. It's like, it's like, it's like, no, here's the story you're telling me, you know, get me involved, get me engaged. I, I, uh, again, again, not pretending that I'm the Legion expert (laughs) or anything. Um, I re- I was as lost as anyone watching the show because of the style it was done in. Because there's a lot of vagaries. There's a lot of you know they want you to question things. You're at first you're you're very off kilter. Um, you don't know who he should trust, who you should trust as a mm-hmm. viewer. Like, is any of this even happening? And I mean, so- even though the first episode kind of is like, no, it's hey they make you go to paints. Is this happening? And he's like, yes, it is. Even with that, yeah, yeah, you're kind of like where are are you know it's a, there's a lot of um, 
unreliable memory stuff going on yeah. in, in the show. And we learned that that's basically because, again, David Haller, he's a mutant. He has multiple powers. And he meets this young girl, Sid Barrett, which that already starting off the bat, that was one of the issues that I normally would have. This this show is something I said normally most of these things would annoy the living crap out of me. Right. Sid Barrett, a hippie, a hippie dippy trippy show where one of the main characters is named Sid Barrett. Of course, Sid Barrett from uh, Pink Floyd, <laughs> <laughs> Sidney Barrett. I was like, ah, uh, yeah. Already, <laughs> it was just like, okay, you know. I know everyone and his brother loves Audrey Plaza. She sometimes is a bit much for me, even as a comedic actress. Um. There was the fact that the show was so different from superhero stuff. It wasn't about the powers and the fights. It was character driven. Yeah, yeah. And 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 plot wise and all the, and themes and stuff. So But going back to the person himself, one one extra thing to add on to that. He seemed to be unlimited in his in his powers, right? Yes. Like <laughs> he, like snap his finger and like they would fuse into the cement yeah. and stuff like that. Like, what can't this guy do? Uh, well, I think you I think I mean? that's the whole... That's kind of the point, though. It's kind of like, he's such a game changer. And the only thing that's keeping him from being, like, you know, this insane threat is the fact that he's mentally unstable, his life and all the rest of the stuff. And I think they handled that, at the certain aspects of it. Um, like, it would suck to be this guy. It was like, you know, even with all that unlimited power... If he doesn't know what he can trust about himself. You know, we have a, a a great. I really enjoyed this villain that they adapted from the comics, uh, the, the Shadow Parasite. King. The, the Shadow King. The Shadow Amud King. Fruk, the Shadow King, who is from the comics, who is an enemy that Professor Xavier of the X Men did fight on. Essentially, uh, if I'm remembering correctly, he fought to free Storm from uh, Shadow King's uh, control. And in doing so, they have this psychic battle that essentially leaves his body destroyed. But the his like again, as on the show, his spirit, whatever his mentality, survives post death in sort of as a mental creature. And yes, he does end up like effing around with 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 uh, uh, David uh, uh, in the comics as well. Uh, but I, I like that it was like a you got flashes of horror. It it was very psychedelic. Again, normally I would – there's a lot of stuff that I – for whatever reason I was like, I'm willing to put up with this because, just because it's so different. Maybe I'm cutting it slack because it's just so creative and strange and not doing, oh, guy learns powers, guys get costume, guy, yeah. you know, fights crime. It's, you know, it's, it's character-driven. And when I was watching it, you were like, oh, it gets better. It gets a little less strange. It makes more sense. Yeah, it, it ends up making more sense. But I don't feel like they really let up in that style. Like they, I think they keep they messing get, with you. Oh, can was this memory real? Was this scene real? Yeah, this, and you're was not this a recreation and, and of his that brain. Was, and that you is know? definitely once I let once once I I started the show kind of letting go and being like, I'm just going to let it be its own thing. I'm not going to be concerned about kind of the fanboy stuff. Mm-hmm. So. Again, some of the fanboy stuff is, and I think there's, I think there's valid fanboy style criticism. I'm usually one of these guys that are like, no, fanboy criticism sometimes is not just, it's off the mark. Here, there were some like, how do these, 
how do these powers work? What are the exact relationships going on here? Mm-hmm. What is what was Jermaine Clement's power when he started like using musical notes that showed up? Was that just in people's minds or not? I had to release all that to enjoy the show. Right, right. Because it was like that's again, that's kind of not what the show's about. It's not concerned with those sort of fanboy questions. This is a spoiler, right? Yeah, yeah. So one of my one of my favorite moments was when uh, it's towards the end. I think it's the episode before last, and they're in his. In oh the, yeah, great episode. Yeah, David's brain, and he he's confronting the demon king, and he's like, "But you know what? Who am I without you? You know, like I, we've been together for so long." And he almost you almost see that he's about to let her. Or him stay in his brain. I'm not sure that Personally. I think. I think you. You see. I no, think. No, 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 that, I do think yeah. that there was this question in his mind that he really was deeply like. I've. Li- it's almost like I've lived with this this pain for so long, and oh, this has you... helped to define me. Right. So with you gone, I'm... who am I exactly? Who am I without you? Without this thing that has shifted even if there are all these terrible things that have happened to me because of that mm-hmm. this is who I I have to be a new person when you're gone and I think there I don't know if there was necessarily but like I felt like he was a little reluctant you reluctant think he was you think there was idea. this like, a, like I, I'm open to that interpretation like I, he maybe came to realize like you know like maybe he's like comfortable being messed up a little bit right uh, you know that i, I think scared that's valid. Of maybe being his own you know on his own there, no excuses, there are people you know? who you know there there is talk of people who live regimented lives whether they're in prisons or mental institutions yeah who do talk about that i thought i thought that was sort of the idea that we're I, I like hey john you can you can you believe what you want to believe man no. i'm not gonna stop you. but what was your take of that I, I i just think it was this sort of like deep introspection of i don't know i don't know who i am without you who who is David without the, the you know these experiences that have shaped me? And if I cut all that out, mm-hmm. you know maybe there's even questions of like responsibility. Yeah, you know it's like okay, well now I am really in charge. Yeah, I'm really in charge of my fate. And that's classic, you know, hero's journey stuff. Mm-hmm. It's like well, okay, now I have to take every step by myself. And you know, am am I? Am I capable of doing that without this thing? Am I? I again, that's what made the show rich and very interesting. I kind of think of it as is if the, if I had to put it in a blender and say what was the what was it tease out what they blended, I would say it's like a third Akira, a third Wes Anderson. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, there, there is uh, God. What was the? Uh, it was, uh, it was, uh, I was once like Wes Anderson's Akira. And lost. And Stephen King a little bit. A little too. Stephen King too. A little I see, Stephen King. I see a little bit of um, The Shining in there, man. Yeah, definitely psychic powers and all the rest yeah, that he's yeah. always obsessed with. Uh, but the colors too, and a lot of the colors were pure. Like if it was a red, it was like a red scene. It was like a red room with red clothes. Right. Orange. It's orange clothes. Orange. And rooms, that was and like, part of the sort of preciousness that somewhat graded on me. Like I like again, it's like. You want to be like, oh, it's this weird retro world, but yeah, no, it's obviously has to take place today. There's yeah. certain like plot things that are like, it's like, oh, here's the interrogator character, and he's got an like a a digital, you know, 
um, um, a digital device that obviously is like an iPad or something like that. And it's mm-hmm. like, yeah, that tablet, no, that it can't be 1973. No matter yeah, how yeah. much you want to push some sort of weird day glow, you know, style of clothing. That's right. And you know what? And at, at first, I did think it was like the 70s. Yeah, and that was at part first, of it. The first that's, two episodes. Yeah, that's part of what makes you un- get kind of unbalanced with the show. Yeah, you know. But then later on, we reveal that that interrogator is a gay man that is married to another man and mm-hmm. has adopted a black boy. Well, I got news for you. No, there was no. T- time before 1999 where that was ever even possible in this country so it has to take place either now or in some sort of unspecified future yeah yeah. okay so that you know there was again like i said there was a twee preciousness there was even a gratingness to a certain degree of like me just thinking about the type of person that would like this like a real like hipster doofus types Mm -hmm. There's like, oh no, oh you watch Daredevil? Oh no, it's Legion is where it's at, yeah. man. It's just you know, it's like, yeah, screw off. You to go. Anyway, y- y- again, minor. Even that sort of weird tangent I just did about the people yeah. who would like it. Minor. It was just well done. It reminded me to a certain degree of watching Lost, in in the fact that it was very dedicated to its production values and it's so character driven, and the flashbacks were very important to it. Mm. Um, and I'm very. I'm surprised that I'm really I want to see where it goes next. Mm-hmm. And uh, there are other things to praise about it like we talked about. It's 8 episodes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Luke Cage would have been a better would have been a better show on Netflix had it been 8 episodes. Iron Fist would have been a better show had it been 8 episodes. Yeah. This was very little fat. Let's get to the story. Let's tell it. Let's knock it out. The audience has seemed to have accepted that that's what it was. Oh, eight episodes, mm-hmm. and we're only going to get another eight episodes next next season. Well, that's fine if they can, can if they can maintain the level of quality of its production values and uh, and its and the actors that they were able to re- and retain. It has a great ending. I want to see where that goes. Uh, I I, I want to pose this question to you again. Spoilers in the series. Do you think Jermaine Clement's character? Do you think he leaves? Of his own accord, or you believe he leaves because he's under control? Because I have a theory on that. It's uh, it's hard to say because she obviously collides with him, uh, or the the evil king. Yeah. Uh, the I'm sorry, the dark king. I mean, the shadow. King. The shadow king. Shadow Man, my king. brain. Okay. Uh, anyway, is is a shadow uh, over, over it? Exactly. Over it. Um, they None call, of this is happening, John. You're you're in a mental institution right now. Am I in David's brain right now? Uh, That's how I think. That's what they wanted you to feel uh, on the show. That you were, yeah. I don't know what's going on. You'll be messed up. This whole thing happened, and he's he's actually just laying in his mental institution. Yeah, he's yeah, he's just just he's just full he's just full of Thorazine, and they're just like you know, yeah, yeah. This Uh, this guy keeps talking about something about mutants. I don't know, man. Let's let's Uh, change his diaper again. (laughs) (laughs) No, but um, so whatever. The, the the shadow king comes in contact with it it absorbs right like as we've seen with the kiss the transferring right, yeah yeah oh. the transferring she definitely collides with Oliver right and then he just kind of walks but, out and but like, then but then the last like one of the last scenes he's driving and she's set outside of him right which could be just his point oh, of mental view. It, could it could just be, be his just point of view yeah. exactly and she you know uh, here's my, th- my my theory on oh. this my personal theory is that Oliver was having memory problems, and he suddenly remembers his wife. 
right? So suddenly it's like Melanie. Oh, my wife. She's Asian, right? Right. <laughs> Asian. Where's that Asian fe- uh, fetish going? Hey, Clement was fantastic. He was so entertaining on the show. We're yeah. forming a barbershop quartet. Yeah. Nothing too crazy. Nothing too fancy. Just every every Wednesday night. We're going to. I actually enjoyed uh, Oliver. Yeah, it was, he was a very the, fun, very yeah. out. Of, you know, a great character that you know I, you couldn't do that in the movies. Right. You need something different for like a big budget action type films, and that was one of the the good things about the show. But my theory on Oliver is this: I think that he had just remembered his wife. I think, yes, he did come into contact with the Shadow King. Let's remember that he spent years on like the astral years, plane. right? Yeah, exactly. So he's he's a master he's, of that realm. He's master, or at least, but... Or at least I don't think he could be so easily taken over. Right. Like, he could have some resistance. And I think that upon realizing that, no, that's my wife, but also with the magnitude of what this thing is, oh, now it's gotten into me, I'm psychic too. I think he was like, yes, she wanted to get away. The, the Shadow King... Wanted the entity wanted to leave. He knew that. He followed its orders, but not under control, because he was like, "I got to get it away." I think now that I'm infected, I think it's safer for everyone around if I get out of here and let them work on some way to get this out of me. And I think that'll be maybe. I would love to see that as a subtle thing. I I, I would. I I'm not love it. I just I just want to be right. Right, right, I just right, want right. to be right that that's what it is, and therefore, like the next season, it's all like you think that he's under the control of the Shadow King, but in fact, it was all like he's he's going to be like, no, dude, I spent twenty years in my own brain, and yeah. you know, I'm the master of that domain. There's no, you know, but this thing did latch onto me in some way, and I can't get out of me. It's too powerful for me by myself to get rid of it, and I wanted to make sure that it was away from my wife, whom I just figured out is my wife, and all these other people. And to me. That's where it should have ended. You want to tell them about the next cliffhanger? <laughs> well, it, it it does end I, in a very I strange hope, way. I wish. It, I I thought it was ending, and I thought it was a brilliant ending. It was cool. They're driving down the highway, and she's there all sinister looking. And I thought, man, that's, that's a great, a great ending. ending. That's a great way to do it. And then this, we get this sort of very strange thing where it was like the, the Luke Skywalker's like training a, a droid. <laughs> some sort of like, probe thing apparently shrinks David and takes him away, and that's kind of how they like finish it off out of left field. And you're going like, okay, now I, compelling in the sense of okay, what happens next? Yeah, but it is odd as f. Yeah. <laughs> it is really, really strange. And there are all sorts of theories online. Some people are like, you know, oh, maybe that's something from Mojo. There's a there's a thing that's involved in Marvel Comics that's called where you have um, S.H.I.E.L.D., something that was introduced in X-Men comics is a thing called S.W.O.R.D., which is about, about, you know, taking care of alien life forms. So I don't know. And it has a similar look to something that was in a – a comic book about that that was a sort of like probe sent from sword to pick someone uh, I don't know but it again it is a, it's a couple of cliffhangers that leaves you like going like okay where does the story go yeah. from here even though it, it does wrap up its essential story yeah but overall I, I, I again I, I think don't sleep on Fox they, they produce something very unique and you know even if it's not necessarily you don't think it's the greatest thing I think there's something to be said about just showing the diversity of what you can do with superhero comic book based material that it doesn't all just have to be either you know gritty crime dramas or you know sci-fi action you can do very different mm-hmm. strange things those comic books especially comic books from the late 70s and early 80s 
were were mind frells. They were they were they were strange. A lot of them. They were very very weird. I mean, whether you're talking about Jim Starlin's like Adam Warlock, or or again Chris Claremont's, you know, his obsession with the psychic realms. I mean, these 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 books, or or even later books. I mean, you know, you you look at like something like Neil Gaiman's Sandman. You these comic books have variety to them. It's not just guys in tights beating up each other. And I love guys in tights beating up each other. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. But there are a lot of other things. There are a lot of avenues to explore. And on that level alone, they succeeded, I think, and, you know, showed that, you know, these things can be very, can inspire a wide variety of things. If you just think superheroes is what they do on the CW show, no, it's not just what they do on Arrow or Flash or even the Netflix shows or the movies. And um, I, I'd recommend it to anyone who, who hasn't seen it. Uh, I recommend and, it too. I recommend and, it. And that changes from my like first two episode. Like, uh, what is this crap? Yeah, I'm just like, all right, you know. But uh, I, if you do watch it, watch the eight episodes. Yeah, you got to get the full, watch, you get the full story. The and and uh, if you can... Yeah, maybe chemically imbalance yourself too to enjoy it a little more. I think. Uh, oh, really? I think I think you hit. Uh, not not that not that I did, uh, but uh, actually I didn't. But online, online, everyone's like, dude, you gotta watch. You gotta get baked and watch Legion, man. It's uh, it's crazy. These things are happening all over the place. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, that ends up. Uh, that ends our episode for uh, uh, this uh, week, I guess. Uh, Edward hopefully will be back for our our next episode. We're hoping to do uh, Firefly uh, Serenity retrospective, right? And uh, hopefully follow that up with a uh, uh, our 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 big old Farscape show, which I'm really still still hoping on because I just want to expose more people to that show. Mm-hmm. But uh, which I'm glad. I'm sorry, you know, this is inside baseball stuff, but. Uh... I'm glad we keep pushing it back. So give me more time. <laughs> give, give me more time. Me, me more yeah, because yeah, we're kind of forcing Farscape on, on, uh, on poor John here. But, but I want to take on the task. You want to take on the task. It's it it it, it's rewarding. It will reward you. You will love the characters. No, you're ready, you will like, love the three four episodes. Now now I'm about like four episodes. Okay, you're um, not even finished with the like I said first season. Once Scorpius gets involved, my brother, it's all it's all mm-hmm. amazing. It's all really really good stuff. Uh, so that will be our our, our shows coming up. Uh, I want to thank everyone here, as always, uh, from Pancake Studios, the man who makes this all possible. My uh, uh, for uh, my co-host for this episode, Jonathan Vergara, yes. and uh, Edward will be back next episode. We and miss so, you, Ed. until next time, I'm Miguel Alejandro Velez. I'm Jonathan Vergara, and this is this was to be continued. Hey guys, thanks for listening to To Be Continued, a fanboy podcast. Our website is www.tobecontinuedafanboypodcast. Check us out on iTunes, Google Play, Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.